From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you along with our producer and co-host Elaine Harlan, our prayer intercessor, the faithful and inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey with us. And the doctor is in. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> we just so much uh, love these times with Dr. Jim Hinman mm-hmm. uh, here in Modesto. And Jim is a uh, an author, a therapist, a coach, psychologist, and just um, and a, a, pl- a plethora yeah. of things. A- and so. a very fallible human and being. And a very fallible human <laughs> being. And that's good to know, we too. Amen. Important to know. Yeah, it's very important to know. So welcome, friends. Thank you for being part of uh, Lighthouse Live. And one of the uh, one of the things that we do uh, when, when the doctor is in here on Lighthouse Live is we dispense with a lot of the other things that we normally do. Just because God gets a hold of this, the Spirit moves us, and we don't want to derail God in this process. So we're gonna we're gonna jump right in. But just a reminder, uh, friends, if you would like to volunteer, like to support the ministry, remember our website is there for you at vibrantcommunities.org. That's www.vibrantcommunities.org. We're on Facebook as well, and just uh, type in "advancing vibrant communities." It'll take you there. And of course, our phone number two zero nine. Five four four nine five seven one. That's two zero nine five four four nine five seven one. And since we're giving out information, let's give out this awesome website: uh, www.careforyou. That C A I R stands for Changing Attitudes in Recovery. For F O R and you, and you go to this website, and you are going to find magnificent information, just a wealth of information. Dr. Jim Henman has done a fabulous job of uh, putting all kinds of great things on this website and some free stuff as well. We love that mm-hmm. word, don't we? Free videos. Well, we need to know that God's yes. wisdom is free. Mm-hmm. It is. It and, is. And that section you have on black ice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is, talk to us about a little bit about it. What was the genesis of the black ice? Of that notion. Yeah. Well, I think that often in our recovery, we're intending good, we're, we're designing good, we're, we're praying to be led by the Lord. We're driving along, and all of a sudden, for no apparent reason, we're suddenly out of control. Mm. Anyone that's been in a black eye situation, you're driving along, and everything's fine, and all of a sudden, there's no traction. Skidding sideways. No sideways, <laughs> spinning, uh, going backwards Mm -hmm. and it's a real powerless feeling and it's not the fault of anyone 
It's just some of the circumstances that have that impact. And we so often condemn ourselves for the spinning and not realize that we're just experiencing the normal result in a fallen world of black ice. Well, I think with that, Jim, unfortunately, and you know, not, no names here, I'm not you know, trying to criticize for criticism's sake, but you know, there, are, there are schools of thought that you know, God wants you to be wealthy and he wants you to be mm-hmm. successful. And mm-hmm. if you're doing the right thing, then all these things are going to come to you. Well, so I guess Jesus didn't uh, do Jesus, it right, Well, I was huh? going to say, yes. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Jesus had a little bump in the road there, didn't he? Yeah, he and, was a and, failure. Yeah. He had a lot of bumps. And, and so I, I think yeah. culturally, you know, we, we've sold them this, this uh, you know, happy gospel. And, uh, you know, the, the take up your cross and follow me somewhere gets lost in there. Mm-hmm. But, but people mm-hmm. tend to feel guilty, you mm-hmm. know, because, mm-hmm. you know, what happened to the wealth and and the happiness, prosperity. Where, where's the pro- yeah, like the mm-hmm. prosperity gospel? Mm-hmm. We do a lot of damage with that. I think That's- it creates a real crisis of faith. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, if you look at the goal of prosperity, is is to a large extent happiness, and we equate prosperity with happiness, mm-hmm. and so we make a goal of happiness. There's a problem when the goal is happiness, mm-hmm. because happiness can only be a byproduct, like joy can only be a byproduct. If you try to get joy, if you try to get happiness, the harder you try to get happiness, the more elusive happiness becomes. And there's a difference between joy and happiness. And there is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they have in common the fact that they're both byproducts Mm -hmm. of the amount of emotional investment and how present we are in what's purposeful and meaningful for us that produces it. And those definitions, we come back to those definitions, are so important. Oh, they are. We've been talking about who I am at my core. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think about core, is that like the center or our hearts and our souls? Jim, mm-hmm. what is the core mm-hmm. of ourselves? Let's talk about it's the, the core. It's at the very deepest sense of ourselves who we believe or fear ourselves to be. Often it's what we fear ourselves to be that creates the problem in our old nature because our old nature has the knowledge of good and evil flowing through it and the knowledge of good and evil is saying you should have prosperity Mm. you should be happy if you are a good poster child for god you should be happy and prosperous and have no problems and then you're a good poster child for god otherwise you're a failure well that's not accurate there's an old adage in in pastordom and that is if you don't have some blood on your toga mm-hmm. you haven't been around pastoring very long yeah and, and isn't isn't that the truth you know god mm-hmm. god uh, allows those things to happen to develop us you know we read that uh, those wonderful words about you know, trials and tribulations, building character, and mm-hmm. sometimes we wish mm-hmm. we were less of a character. You know, but uh, really, it's, it's through those very tough times that that we we have to get closer to God to mm-hmm. to survive, and He begins to uh, help us understand the relationship better and better and better. And it's a nonstop process, as mm-hmm. uh, at least on this side. Well, of eternity. And what makes it so difficult is if we're assuming God is causing the adversity. Like in our last show. Back in March, uh, you had come across a teenager that had ran into, had found her 
parent dead right yeah and how right. traumatic yes. that is yes. if if somehow she believes that god caused this to happen in order to give her a lesson then how can she turn to god for comfort hmm. you know in a fallen world a fallen world unfolds as a fallen world he warns us about that that's right it's not that he's causing this he does allow it because he allows choice because he wants relationship he doesn't want rules and robots he wants relationship absolutely you guys and we've talked before about ministry being messy and it, it certainly is, is messy mm-hmm. as if it's good ministry yes. and i think jesus reserved some of his uh, most incisive comments for that legalism mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we're talking about who am I at, at, at my core? And, and Jim, you you mentioned imperfectly reflecting yes. uh, God's nature mm-hmm. and uh, and His style. God doesn't expect. You know, this whole thing about what would Jesus do? I've always had a mm-hmm. problem with that mm-hmm. because I think we're setting ourselves up for a a a, a false paradigm here. I don't think that's what God uh, intends. He, he intends for us. To think, what would I do with my identity in Christ? Mm-hmm. Not what would Jesus mm-hmm. do, because we're not God. We're you know we weren't you know, we're not God incarnate. You know, so I think we set up ourselves up for another fall in that case. But and and I'm you know not not bashing that. I'm just saying no. I, I think the WWJD thing um, creates a a problem for us theologically mm-hmm. as well as doctrinally because mm-hmm. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. He expects us to imperfectly right. carry out mm-hmm. all these wonderful, uh, things that he's, he's given us. And, and absolutely he, that's his expect. Mm-hmm. Our expectation is, I think, out of whack. Isn't you know, it? I think that although there is value in looking at WWJD, what would Jesus do if you stop there there is a crisis mm. because the extra question that needs to be there is, and how would he do it? Yes. If we're yeah, not looking at right. how he would do it, mm. then we're missing and misinterpreting what he does. We certainly love to look at his examples, the way sure. he modeled, mm-hmm. the way he did for us. Sure. But he certainly knows that we are going to go at it imperfectly. And he's right. going to love us anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, and in fact, if you look at how Jesus did what he did, he made it very clear to us. All I know is what I see the Father do. Mm-hmm. Now, here is God incarnate in human form. And with that disarming kind of humility and truth. Yes. And in the garden, Father, I don't want to do this. But, you know, thy will be done. Yes. That relationship with Papa God is how Jesus did what he did. It takes us out of a performance. It takes us out of performance and, and into I, relationship. And I guess that's my problem with the, what mm-hmm. would Jesus do thing. I, I think we can misinterpret. I mean, I with understand. just that first part alone, it does lean, lend itself to performance. We, we are becoming more like Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. that, that is in, in the, the lifetime sanctification, the process, all, all for that. But I, again, I, I think we've done ourselves some injustice with setting ourselves up for something we can't possibly you know, reflect. And I so much appreciate always, Jim, mm-hmm. uh, your reminder to us that God expects us to imperfectly carry out this mm-hmm. process that uh, that he's given us. And, and you talk well, about... Well, actually, if I, if I 
could it is true and the fact is what he wants in his plan is for us to allow him through us mm. to do whatever it is that Jesus would do. Exactly. And like Mike said at the beginning of what he was saying, to imperfectly right. reflect mm-hmm. his nature and mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. And I think that was... Uh, and you know what's so was... funny there is people still, uh, still, largely think of Jesus as a perfectionist. Mm. And he wasn't a perfectionist. Mm. He didn't try to be perfect. He was perfect. Yes, uh, yes he was perfect. He is God. <laughs> but he was he was perfectly in relationship with Papa God, mm-hmm. and saw competition with God, equality with God, not something to even consider. And yet he was God. Yes. So it's that how. Of Doesn't it that just blow that, our mind? That, isn't mm-hmm, that just wow? Mm-hmm. wow. You talk uh, a lot uh, about the lantern and the, mm-hmm. and the flashlight, and I think in that process, Jim, one of, one of the problems that we have is we, if we use our own idea, our own, create, our own created lantern, we're a lot harder on ourselves, I mm-hmm. think, than God mm-hmm. is, aren't we? Oh, yeah. His lantern and how, how, how we use that. It is amazing when you listen to a, someone who is, is suffering under the law uh, as a Christian, the load that they are carrying as a Christian in order to try to earn God's free gift of grace is Herculean. Mm-hmm. The load is just beyond our ability to even conceive of. And yet that's his plan is easy. That's the irony. That's the problem in this day and age. It can't be that easy is what we think. That's what we often hear. Well, how do you, how do you let him live through you? Well, by willing to be a fool. Mm-hmm. Because you can't worry about being a fool and imperfectly allow God to live through you. Those two don't work. I choose to be a fool, and I, <laughs> I'm pretty good at being a fool. <laughs> but it gives me a freedom to let him through me speak, respond, draw me, because if it's him, I am 100% solid. If it's not him, like Gilda Ratner on Saturday Night Live, never mind. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just blew it yeah, because yeah. it was not him. Right. It was, it was me. For someone carrying that big Hercules kind of mm-hmm. load around that can't get away from the law, Jim, mm-hmm. what, what would be the main reason, in your opinion, that they can't get away from that flashlight and, and get be drawn more to the lantern? What, what, what's the reasoning for that? I think it gets to the very core sense of that. We started out with a few minutes ago on the core sense of who am I? If I believe myself to be, like we were talking last time, a worthless worm saved by grace, then now I'm a new creation. But if I still see myself at the core as a worthless worm, then I'm still having to make up for that core sense of self, even though I see myself as a new creation. New creation means Christ living in us, the Spirit living in us, God living in us. That's what new creation means. We'll never do that perfectly. Mm -hmm. But we can do it imperfectly, starting right where we're starting, right here, right now, in the present moment. That's the key, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Jim, can we share with with our our listeners, dear listeners? We so appreciate you sharing a part of your your day or evening with us, whatever the case is. Jim, you wrote a definition. It's wonderful. Would you please share sure. with us that who I am at my core, so so that we can um, kind of bring everyone into what mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. kind of the definitions here that we're speaking of. Sure. And here's the thing that hit me after I wrote this first part of the sentence. The first portion is, I believe that who I am at my core is a deeply loved child of God. Now, at first blush, I was writing that as a new creation, because that's who I am, is a new creation. But then he pointed out to me that someone who doesn't believe in him is also a dearly loved, deeply Mm. loved child of God. Mm. God loves all of us the same. He only has one speed, and that is perfectly loving. So that's who I am. Whether or not I'm a new creation, I am a dearly, deeply loved child of God. Now, for most of us, it's impossible to believe that totally. But it is possible for us to believe that as much as we believe it. I believe it a lot. I really do. I believe it a lot for me, you know, for you guys, for every person that I come in contact with. When I'm talking to them, I'm believing that they are a dearly, deeply loved child of God. Jesus died for the world, the whole world. For everyone, the saved and the unsaved alike. So then, with that being the core... Then is where the action starts, and I choose to be becoming his ambassador. That's the core of, of, of my applied identity. Who I am is a deeply loved child of God, and what I do with that deeply loved identity is become his ambassador. Exactly. Now, here's where we get into trouble. We think of him as perfect, therefore, oh, I need to be perfect. And that drives the perfectionism. Instead, to be reflecting his nature and style is to be loving and valuing and amazingly accepting of people who are very much caught up in sin. He was hanging out with the tax collectors and the, and the prostitutes and, and the thieves, yes, yes. and they were comfortable with him. They weren't uptight. Being around him, they were free to be themselves. He sinned not. It wasn't that he was sinning to get them to feel comfortable. It was his loving grace and valuing of them right where they're starting that allowed them to feel accepted and therefore not to have to defend and justify their existence. You were talking about, Jim, the pre-believer, non-believer, mm-hmm. not going to be a believer, mm-hmm. uh, and, and where their identity, who, who, who am I at my core? And I was just thinking, you know, so our, our culture forces us into defining that, I think, many times as a, I, I am my past, mm-hmm. uh, I am my profession, mm-hmm. uh, I am my circumstance. Right. Or my successes and failures, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like mm-hmm. this year. Well, and, and mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. we need to uh, target that a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of what our culture defines as success. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I just, just flashed on me. We were, we were talking about this last time. 
that point came up and it, what didn't hit me till just now, we allow our sense of society to become our God. Ooh. We're letting our societal Ooh. definition sure. be God instead of Papa God from Scripture mm. being God. Don't we get into the mode of attaining what we think society wants us to be? Right. And then when we get that, yes. then we let God have the rest. Yes. Right. right? And, and, our, and, and our performance right. becomes for the society that mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. doing all this stuff right. for. And see, right. when we're doing something that was never intended in God's plan to be happening in the first place, and we try that thing, we're going to develop an addictive pattern because it cannot produce what we want it to produce. We have to try it harder and harder and more and more fully and more and more deeply. And we become more and more mired in the shame of falling short or the arrogance of thinking we've arrived. Mm, mm-hmm. Heads you lose, tails you lose. So, right. you know, call it idolatry or whatever you want to, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Label that. It's, uh, yeah, definitely. Jim, you talk about practice. I uh, practice living consciously and purposefully in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's unpack that a little yes, bit. Yes. What, what is this about living in the present moment? Why is that so important? Oh, I love that question, oh, Mike. That was, that was a perfect question. God is always in the present. As a new creation, by definition, it means God living in us. If God is in the present and he's living in us, then we need to be in the present in order for that experience to be real to us at the time. Hmm. Not that we're not saved because we go into the past or the future, but in terms of accessing our inheritance our healthy power that God wants his kids to have, that's only true in the present. And the trouble with the flashlight is that the flashlight, that judgmental, one-directional, double-standard, mm-hmm. uh, half-empty, what's wrong, what righteous indignation can I fire up about this or that mm-hmm. sin that I'm seeing in front of me, mm-hmm. that flashlight takes us from the present and draws us to the past and or the future, and suddenly we're on our own. We're in our old nature when we're not in the present. And all of a sudden that fear and the negativity and all that flashlight stuff is coming back. Staying in the present, Jim, Mm -hmm. experiencing his grace, his love, Mm -hmm. filling us up, Mm -hmm. staying in that moment causes and just just makes everything High definition. High definition for the faith. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And all of that, all of the good things, mm-hmm. his blessing mm-hmm. to just permeate mm-hmm. the whole moment. Everything, just just everything good. And the faith building thing happens. Because faith is built by relationship. And, and relationship is only possible in the present. Isn't that where the mm-hmm. powerful vulnerability Absolutely. Thing comes in also? Mm-hmm. Powerful vulnerability is almost un-American. <laughs> because powerful vulnerability is saying it is more important to learn and grow than be right. If we had that one notion, which is, I think, very much in keeping with how Jesus would want his brothers and sisters to approach life, 
because it gives them the best chance to let him live through them. Mm. When we're worried about learning and growing, not about being right. Talking about being in the moment, mm-hmm. uh, being in the in the present, Jesus um, had a lot to say about worry. Yeah. And as, as we were talking about that, I was thinking back here to, to uh, Matthew 6, uh, the end of that particular uh, chapter. Jesus says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, mm-hmm. for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Mm-hmm. And that is so hard. I think, uh, you know, when, when, when you've got all the stuff coming at you from every angle, and especially right now with the the economic times. Oh, we it's live terrible in. times. People are going, yeah, hey, you know the the present stinks. Mm-hmm. Why why do I have to live? Well, wow, that's where God does his. Well, and that's work, the only place choice exists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 Great if point. the present sucks big time, mm-hmm. if it's sucking big time in the present. And so you go into the future, try to escape it, then you're not able to change the present. If you go into the past and begin to condemn yourself for the the choices that may have led to this present moment, again, there's no ability to change the present. Because you can only change the present in the present. It's the only place change is possible. Elaine, we've been talking, uh, studying about the Apostle Paul. Yes. Can you imagine what would have happened to the world if the Apostle Paul, after the road to Damascus incident, Mm -hmm. had said, I I just stink. Mm -hmm. You know, I am my past. Do you know that I killed all these believers? I I quit. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm vapor locked. Mm -hmm. I'm not. Mm -hmm. And and he got that in such a. He is such an amazing. Amazing study. You know, if you peel the layers off the onion, mm-hmm. I can't wait to meet him. I know. You know I, I know. Mean, uh, he's got to be one I of the I would like best. to finish the show, I think. But, you know, yeah. I, I mean, eventually <laughs> I'd like to like to meet him. But, you know, just think of that, uh, Jim, how how Paul lived a lot and, and struggled with, and openly struggled with it. We, we found that out in his letters, in mm-hmm. Romans especially. But notice how transparent he is. Absolutely. He's not ashamed no. Of the no. struggle, he was so real. The oh. Spirit led him to share that struggle, so that two thousand years later, we could be sitting around this table, saying, "You know, God did give us a model of openness and transparency yes. in the middle of our fallibility." Mm. Can you imagine if you don't have to have a mask on? You know, think of relationships, and you in the audience, to think of the relationships in your life. Take a deep breath and just ask yourself, how free do I feel to be myself becoming, meaning that I'm an unfolding being, that's who I am at the core, is becoming in Christ, to be free to be myself becoming with the people that I interact with. I wonder how many people have one or two people that they feel that safe to be that transparent with. Would we be surprised to know the number of people that really don't have yeah. that, Jim? I don't think there are a lot of pastors that have that freedom. I think it's particularly hard. I, 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 am, I have such compassion and, 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 and respect. It's almost like I didn't go to Vietnam. I was one why. 
And from that time on, I've had some existential guilt of my buddies that went and had to go through all of that horrible stuff. And I didn't, Mm. you know, I didn't. Well, in the same way, and I just blanked on what led me to get to this, what you were saying just a second ago. Well, that's all right. Let, let's go on, and, okay. and I'm because God, God will bring it <laughs> back. We, if we can bring it back. Talking about, uh, and, and again, we've often talked about how how we take, uh, you know, Second uh, Corinthians five and, and and mess that up a little bit. I think mm-hmm. uh, not our successes or, or failures. The old is gone, the new has come. Uh, it's not a light switch that eliminates everything. That no. you know, it's part of our our DNA. But God is in us, giving us a new way to. Uh, to deal with th- these things. And this um, this line that you have in here in, in your second paragraph, Jim, nothing defines my core self except becoming in Christ. Right. Powerful. You know, let me tell you a little story. Um, I love Sonia. That's my wife. 38 years. Yes. I mean, I love Bless Sonia. She is my best friend. Her love language is acts of service. And she was having a birthday. I won't say how old? 29 and holding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. We've been married 38 years. So I'm not sure the math. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was really important to me to give her a thoughtful gift for her birthday. It's, it's a big birthday. And so I said, I want to have a dinner and invite some people over. And it started getting out of control. Because then Sonia wanted to make sure the yard was all right and the house was all right. Things I hadn't calculated. I didn't think about that stuff. That's not my party planning. is isn't my strength. Well, it had been building and building and building. And I was went out to see if my barbecue was okay. And it was rotted at the bottom. So I, it, I couldn't even use it. I hadn't used it for a long time. I'm not a big barbecuer. So I'm driving Sonia and I have a little exchange and I'm just sort of irritable with her as I leave to go check and see where I can maybe get some catering for the for the meat and um, my sister-in-law calls me back because I'm wanting to get some tables okay and I'm driving down Staniford I had my ear thing in I wasn't breaking the law and she comes on and all of a sudden I start to sob. Hmm. I just, I, 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 I am sobbing. I, I, I'm just saying, I, I don't know what to do. I feel like such a failure. I, I just feel so inept. I feel so incompetent. I so want to do something really special for Sonia. It seems like everything I do is turning into the opposite of that. I just feel so horrible. And Teresa just said, Jim, I'm sorry you're feeling. I mean, she she didn't try to fix me. She just mm-hmm. just was there with me. Mm-hmm. Now this is a psychologist. I'm 63 years old. You know, I have, you know, been around a long time. Why is this person losing it the way I was losing it? But you know what? I had been carrying so much compression, so much pressure Mm -hmm. in trying to get this thing done perfectly, which is something I normally don't fall for. So I was particularly vulnerable. I wanted this to be perfect. Right. And that created such pressure that I was irritable with Sonia. I was being kind of a jerk with the person I wanted to give the gift to. 
it works that way a lot in couples, you know? It does, yes. And it wasn't that Sonia wanted it to be perfect, but she wanted it to be as good as it could be, and she could mm-hmm. see this plant. Oh, she's a garden club aficionado. She loves the garden to look good. And, sure. and I'm not faulting her for no. that. There was no fault involved, and yet here I am sobbing as I pull into Jonathan's to see what kind of deal I can make for some food since my barbecue is rotted out mm-hmm. and I've invited all these people over for dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, The point being, if you don't have the freedom to lose it, you don't have the freedom to be his ambassador. Mm-hmm. Because I needed to lose it in order to gain space for him to take over. I had crowded him out with the pressures and the self-recrimination and and all of that. I was just beating myself senselessly. And I'm not used to doing that. I'm really pretty nice to me. You know, I really believe that he wants me to treat me as lovingly as he wants me to treat you guys. I believe that. I think of David, mm-hmm. how how he you know would lose it from time to time and tell the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. this isn't working. Yeah, you know, this, yeah. this is this mm-hmm. is messed up, God. Yeah, you know, I need you to you know do look it the at right this, way. You know, look at this. <laughs> this is a mess. You know, yeah. if, you know, you know, mm-hmm. I need you to fix this. <laughs> and this is intimacy. Mm. This is intimacy. I felt so intimate with my sister-in-law. Mm. I felt I came home. And told Sonia, as I, as I was telling her, I started to sob again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just hold her and I tell her, I'm sorry that I've been a jerk. And this is going to be good, but it's not going to be perfect. We'll get through this. Our relationship is better because I was willing to risk looking foolish. There, there's a, an element of emptying yourself. Yeah, in, in which makes room for God. him. Right. Exactly. And I think sometimes in our, our Western churchiness, um, somehow we're, we're not supposed to be honest with God. You know, we've got to get dressed up and we have to, you know, get perfect and mm-hmm. you know, we can't come into. No, he, he, that, it's not what it's Jesus not what showed us. No, it's not what yeah. he demonstrated. It wasn't his model. Yeah. No. Amen. Oh, we are so blessed to have you here. And we're talking about. Uh, about our identity and and who we are at the core. And there's a a change, certainly. And when we're born again, we're all about the change, sanctification. Well, fasten your seatbelts as we join the Newsboys, Born Again, on Lighthouse Live, and we'll be back. Even looking at me, I wish you would give you more than. 
Again, that's the Newsboys on Lighthouse Live, along with Pastor Mike, Elaine, and Dr. Jim Henman. Oh, that was an e-ticket. Yeah. Whoa. Wasn't it? No I'll kidding. Yeah. I don't, I, a lot of people don't know what an e-ticket is nowadays, but uh, <laughs> that's like a really fast ride in the old days in yeah. uh, Disneyland, right? Old school. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm proud Not of it. Not old school is bad. I like that. <laughs> you know, it's so ironic, and this song so captures it. Uh-huh. If we're born again... It means that he's living in us. Yeah. yeah. And yet we try to do things in our own steam when in fact <coughs> his plan is for us to put skin on him yeah. so that he can talk to the family of the, 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 the uh, father that, that hung himself. Right. You know, Jim, and that that brings up an interesting uh, interesting point in, in in terms of embracing the present. And you mentioned uh, a theme here just before we we went through that e ticket ride. There, yeah. great song, Elaine. Yeah. Thank you. Um, before we went uh, through that uh, sleigh ride there, um, and that is God doesn't anoint us to have to fix people. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we were talking about this morning a visit with a family and, and, you know, the newspaper man arrived early in the morning and found the, uh, the father hanging from a, a tree and committed, uh, committed suicide. There are no words no. that you can give that family. When, when, when we go with, with Sid's death, there are no oh, words particularly. that I mean, many times we've, we've, finally taken the baby from the arms of the mother who just won't give that baby up, you know, but the time comes when, when you do have to move and, and, but there are no words that you could, but it's, it's Jesus with skin on in the presence of the moment mm-hmm. that provides healing. And it's not what you say, it's being there 
and allowing God to move through you. Right. You know, I, I always think of it as, as, as as God just kind of pouring into me mm-hmm. and me getting out of the way and just letting him move Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Mike, that else. is God's model right mm. there in its simplicity is his model. When it says to live to choose to be living consciously and purposefully in the present with your lantern, meaning in a non judgmental view that looks at all things from all directions with the same respect and valuing which lines you up with God, it's living consciously and purposefully. If what you're thinking is, I need to be a good representative for him, so I need to figure out what he would say Mm. and say it, Mm -hmm. or make whatever miracle he would make, and I need to make that miracle, I am self-centered. Yes. Purposeful in this meaning, conscious and purposeful in the present, is purposefully making room for him to have skin on in facing the world. Don't you think, Jim, Let's that, that, at times when life is just really stinky, I mean, we're, we are have had it up to here, and, and where's God when you need him, and, mm-hmm. and uh, things are, you know, this is just, you've, you've, you've reached the end of your rope, and just think about Jesus physically being in the room. I don't think he'd say much, really. Mm-hmm. I think he'd just be, you know, be with us. Mm-hmm. His presence, and, 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 and you well, feel and that love and that grace. is so loving. Yes. His, right. his love is so pure and so selfless mm-hmm. that you feel it not from words, but just from the experience of being with someone that's feeling that way towards you. I'm sure you've had the experience many times. I'm going back to, you know, pastor counseling days mm-hmm. and, and marriages. And you sit there for 45 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, with someone in your office and, and you don't say a word. And then they get up at the end and they say, wow, that, that was really great. And I think, I, I didn't do squat. <laughs> you know, well, and that's the point. Well, you didn't get, you didn't get in the way. I didn't get in the way. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk, the, the, you have some great bullet points here. A, a growing, you're talking about fundamental principles yes. of healthy oh, change. Yes, so a growing yes. commitment to being non-judgmental. And you just mm-hmm. talked about that. Mm-hmm. Open and accurate. Jim, what about the accuracy? How do we get that accuracy when we've got all these filters going on how, how do we see things as they are very imperfectly <laughs> number, one, number one very imperfectly i think the very fact of realizing that we have filters perceptual filters that we do have blind spots that our intelligence does not inoculate us from those blind spots helps us with a lantern where we're looking in all directions to realize that I may think I know what's best for Mike. But I also realize Mike may think he knows what's best for Jim. See, the lantern has no double standards. So when you are willing to realize I'm a very fallible human being. To me, a therapist that doesn't realize that he's a, he or she is a fallible human being, 
that has blind spots, if, if, if a person doesn't realize that, they're a danger in the clinical mm-hmm. environment. I'm thinking, just unpacking that a little bit, Elaine and, and Jim, is it, God, God has created us to exist and to function in community. Absolutely. He's a relational God. Doesn't that help that process of accuracy and, and being able to see things more clearly? We, we have to live in community in order to mm-hmm. be able to do that. You know what you were mm-hmm. saying a few moments ago, Mike, and, and, and the prayer that we, we say, Jim, is, is God help me to see others through your eyes mm-hmm. and to respond mm-hmm. to what I see with your nature. I right. think that... Is that part of being Jesus with skin on and mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and wanting to love others, as, mm-hmm. as we say, Mike, mm-hmm. as, as as we love ourselves and, mm-hmm. and as Jesus would would love, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's. Well, and you know, important. it's one thing to see in our mind to see Him in that setting with us and what He would do or not do. What we don't realize, He is in us, yes. literally mm-hmm. is in us, and all we have to do is be willing to be foolish enough to maybe misinterpret because that's always a danger. Mm-hmm. There's three safeguards that he gave me. Uh, it's in The Fool for God that I think is very important because it isn't a feeling. You you know, you know can't just trust a you feeling because mm-hmm. feelings come from our perceptions. Mm-hmm. If our perceptions are accurate, our feelings that come from them will be accurate. If our perceptions are inaccurate, the feelings that we have will be inaccurate. So it, it can't be just if it feels right, it must be God. One, does it contradict Scripture? God will not contradict himself. That's right. mm-hmm. He will not contradict himself. Secondly, does it reflect his nature and style? Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it... A judgmental, flashlight-driven hmm. Pharisee that is condemning? No, that wasn't Jesus' style. He loved enough for us in our sin to feel loved. People that were around him could feel that. So he has a style, a nature, and that's what we need to seek in him. And the third one, is there a double standard hmm. because if there's a double standard it's not from God God has no compartments he's not a submarine he doesn't have airtight compartments like we tend to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he has no double standards what's true is true for all you know, Jim thinking of how from scripture uh, Jim and Elaine uh, how, how Jesus dealt with different people Interesting, he didn't use formulas. No. Did he? Uh, he, he was very um, in the moment and, and customized. You think of, of, of the, the rich young ruler, uh, the, you know, the man that, mm-hmm. that, that he met, and what must I do to fall in? Right. Jesus said, give away everything. Mm-hmm. And, and the guy goes, oh, man, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't ask everyone to give away all their possessions. No. But for that 
particular guy, that's where his that's where his idol was. He knew right. his heart. Right. He knew yeah, his your heart. Idol is what he was really saying, wasn't it? And, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we we try to make uh, God a cookie cutter God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that everyone has to be treated with the same formula. But I I don't see him treating us that way. Well, I don't see him even seeking out, even in his disciples, and they were a motley crew. Yeah. These were not mm-hmm. the people you would pick if your goal was to be perfect mm-hmm. or your goal was to influence a world. He wouldn't pick the people he picked. And the people he picked were very fallible. Peter, I will never, ever leave you, Jesus. I am always going to be faithful. Uh, Peter, uh, before the co-crocs, co Croaks. <laughs> Easy to say. <laughs> Three times. Every time you're gonna, you're gonna deny me. <laughs> you're so you know? But he said it in a in a disarming, loving yes. way. He didn't say, and therefore I hate you. Right. He still made Peter his rock. That's right. Knowing that Peter was that fallible, mm-hmm. knowing that Paul was that fallible, knowing that James was that I mean well, and, and, and James, his, his half-brother. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Re- rejecting the, the thought that he was the Messiah and, until after he's gone. I want to go to this next bullet point because it's been, it's been mm-hmm. hitting me in the face mm-hmm. here for a couple minutes. I, I hope we have a that. chance to go through all of these, Mike. They're wonderful. There are eight of them. Well, I know we're going to make it. But a growing understanding that we react through our perceptual filters rather than directly to reality. It helps accuracy when you mm-hmm. can understand that. Mm-hmm. If we think we are dealing with objective reality, there's an increased sense of arrogance in our position, when we realize we're looking through filters, we're looking through a glass darkly, as scripture would say, we're looking currently through a glass darkly. We cannot see directly the way God can see until we're with him. So does that mean we we maybe should have the expectation that we may not be right? We should definitely have the expectation that if we're right, it's because he's drawing us to rightness, not because we have right in us Mm. other than him. And and I love what we so often talk about, guys, that we don't have to, if we are right and somebody else isn't, that we don't have to push our rightness onto them. How many marriages have have blown apart because the guy had to prove he was right? Or or vice versa. Or vice versa. Mm -hmm. You know, one one thing to, to... be right, and and it's good to be right. I mean, mm-hmm. you you want to fall in in the correct mm-hmm. position, mm-hmm. but when you have to prove it, and and force the other person to acknowledge it, you know, we we just create a whole another swarm of problems, don't mm-hmm. we? It destroys relationships, and it is literally. all about the relationship, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Can I read number four? We we've been on this. This was we spent some time parked on this. A growing commitment to the acceptance or acknowledgement of a reality in the present. So it doesn't mean you like it. No. God not. doesn't say you have to like it if it's been a real difficult time. But to acknowledge that that is the reality of the moment allows you to bring the Spirit through you into that current moment. Again, consciously and purposefully in the present with our lantern fits right in with that particular principle. And I would imagine your wonderful theme that you opened up to us many years ago of, of noticing 
that you think it stinks mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, to be honest about that. Yeah. To, mm-hmm. to, to, to feel good about noticing mm-hmm. how you feel about that is, is okay. It's the closest guarded secret from the pulpit that I've found in, in the whole Christian belief is that grace in truth allows us to feel good about noticing that we're going the wrong direction. Mm. And you know what? We're still going to praise and love our God anyway, mm-hmm. in spite mm-hmm. of our trials and tribulations and the difficulties that we're having mm-hmm. right now in the present. Doesn't mean that we're going to turn our backs on God and say, you know, this stinks and so do you. We're not going to say that. But you know what? But, but he accepts that. Mm-hmm. When, when, when we hit the wall yeah. and we say, Mm-hmm. You know what, God? This stinks. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. not what I signed up for. What were you thinking, what, God? <laughs> what are you? Th- why, why did you bring me into the ministry in the first it's place? not the way I would you do know? it. <laughs> uh, and, and he allows us to get a little uptight. Where they think of, of Jacob, mm-hmm. right? Struggling, wrestling mm-hmm. with God. I, I think God loves that because it it's deepens intimate. our relationship. It's intimate isn't it? to wrestle. Yeah. And we're being real. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I'm, I'm not advocating condemning God no, here, no, friends. No, no. Don't give me those Neither, cards no, and letters. No, but, you know, I, I, I think that that vulnerability and the realization that God is okay with us being very real, very open, and very honest. He knows how we feel anyway. And we can only start where we're starting. Mm-hmm. If we don't have the permission to start where we're starting, which is often out of alignment in the sense that we're mad at God for not doing it right or thinking God has caused it or whatever. We've got to start where we're starting. The, the, the thing that is, is mind-blowing to me is that God's plan is so amazing. When it really stinks, when, when it's really a terrible situation, like when I'm, I'm driving down Stanford sobbing, you know, <laughs> talking to my, my sister-in-law, mm-hmm. which is not exactly how I wanted to spend a Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't my choice of what i'd want to do but in the middle of it i was feeling god this is a great story Mm -hmm. god you are with me in the middle of this pain Mm -hmm. you know what you're going to do the party god Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're going to do it through me Mm -hmm. i'm going to let you go into the store and take over i can't i hit the wall blaine coming back to the apostle paul we've made the observation recently over, over several weeks isn't it amazing how practically every breathing nanosecond of that man's life, he let God be in control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He really did. And, and, and it wasn't, okay, I'm going to go do it my way now because I think I got it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll check back in with you, mm-hmm. God. That, that man, it's incomparable to me how he, every living, breathing moment of his life, he is allowing God to flow and push and nudge. In that present moment. In that mm-hmm. present mm-hmm. moment. And, you know, whether he's in the jail with Silas, whether mm-hmm. he's being left dead at the city mm-hmm. gates, whether mm-hmm. he's having mm-hmm. to appeal before Caesar, he's being shipwrecked. And each one of those moments, God has him, has him doing something incredible. Yeah. Because now it's a God moment, not a Paul moment. Right. Exactly. That's why he's singing praise in that prison mm. after having been beaten half to death. Yes. It's not his successes or his failures. And it wasn't a performance. It wasn't a performance. To look religious. It, it, Jesus was not religious. No, he had a lot to say about that, didn't he? 
He's so relational, though. He's like so he's relational. So I, relational. This, I, I didn't, yeah. didn't come out quite right. I mean, he honors religion. I don't mean it that way. But when you think of religious as sort of very legalism, tr- legalistic, yes, yes. And, legalistic and rule-driven. Yeah. It's spirituality. Yeah. It's, 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 he's in touch with, with that. Were you trying to get through these bullet points before no, I No, I was thinking, well, you know, we, we don't have, <laughs> unfortunately, I, mean, I would like to keep him for several hours, but realizing, and, and we're probably not going to get through all of them, although I think we should do a show where we do focus on this because, you know, if, you, if you're into caring and grace groups, we do focus on this a lot. But the very last one, a realization that recovery is an ongoing process of growth and change. It is a way of life. Jim, speak to that. To me, that's what Christianity is. It is an ongoing process of growth and change. It is a way of life. And it is a choice. It is a choice to live consciously and purposefully in the present moment and let him through us, deal with what we can't deal with on our own. That's his plan. And when we use the word recovery, Jim, we're all in recovery. Mm-hmm. I, I don't if care you're what lucky. you're dealing with, mm-hmm. but if, if, if you are born again, you are in a lifetime process of recovery. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. And very quickly, if we could, Jim, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you right. there, going from surviving to living, could you just maybe? They're, they're absolutely opposite software survival is based on the core assumption that there's something terribly wrong with us at the very center of our being that we have to make up for living is assuming that we are a deeply loved child of god and therefore have the opportunity to have an adventure with him that gives meaning and value and purpose to our lives you must come back Oh, this I is to it. be continued. Are we done already? We're done it? already. Is our I session over, our... Doctor? It can't be. Not again. <laughs> We're no. going to send you the bill. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jim Hinman, we love you. God bless you. Dear friends at home, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Lighthouse Live.